As COVID case counts surge, schools are preparing to welcome K-12 students back to class next week. NPR education correspondent Anya Kamenetz has been talking to teachers and administrators and parents and students all across the country. And she joins us now to tell us what she's learned. Hi, Anya. Welcome back to Reset. Thanks for having me back. So before we get to how folks are preparing for next year, how would you sum up school in 2021, Anya? Because it wasn't easy. Uh, it was not easy. And I think what was hardest for everybody is that we were hoping this could be a semester of recovery and addressing, um, you know, what kids had lost out on. And instead, the Delta surge came in and schools found themselves adapting to a whole new wave of challenges this past semester. Remember the beginning when we thought that this was just going to be for about two weeks? <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah. Everybody was home uh, with their little printed out schedules, excited yes. for virtual learning. Mm-hmm. We thought we thought it was just going to be just the, the time of their spring break because it, it timed out sort of right as my kids were going on spring break. And we thought, OK, maybe you get a little bit of an extended spring break and, and that's it. And this thing will go away. But yeah. boy, were we wrong. So what are you hearing these days from from teachers and from other school employees? What, what are they saying are the biggest challenges that they're facing? Well, I mean, I would I really divide that into two pieces. Obviously, you know, our, our educators care about, they, they'll say they're babies. You know, they're, they're worried about the uh, social and emotional, I think, dimensions the, the most. They're seeing kids that are kind of regressed, that they're not really at the age level that you would expect them to be at because kids left school in middle school, now they're in high school, or they left, you know, they started out as little kids, now they're in elementary school. Um, and then, of course, the learning aspect of it, um, definitely making sure kids uh, get where they need to go in terms of math and reading. But then the internal dimension for our educators is they are so exhausted. Um, there's so much burnout. There are you know, schools calling mental health days, staff shortages um, where there's not substitutes. And one thing that I heard was that superintendents all over the country, so the chief of the whole districts, they're coming into the classroom as substitutes themselves because there's really no other hands to be found. Jeez. You know, this is happening, as you said, across the country. Schools are also caught in the middle of, of this political debate over masks and vaccines, right? So teachers are dealing with things that I, I think that they never could have imagined before COVID. Absolutely. And it's been incredibly exhausting. I mean, this is one of the only countries where um politics has become, you know, the determining factor in whether or not people adhere to basic public health concerns. And so, you know, for for districts that have, um, you know, potentially purple districts where there's differences of opinion, there are some folks who are adamant about not wearing masks. There are folks who are adamant about wearing masks. And then, I mean, that got layered on top of this whole thing around how do we teach race in the classroom? How do we teach history? And then gender um, is something that's been a, a live wire issue, culture war issue for several years and it's not going anywhere. So, um, yeah, so I mean, the, the, the level of harassment that school board members and teachers and principals have been on the receiving end of, it's just it's an, just another thing that distracts them and makes it much harder for them to do their jobs. Well, as you mentioned, the, the folks who run the schools, so the principals and, and the school administrators, some of them have been coming in to teach. How's that adjustment been? I mean, it's it's just another hat that they're having to wear, and it's really an all-hands-on-deck moment, you know, and I think that, you know, it speaks to 
what we expect of these folks, which is to go above and beyond. But I also say that people are leaving the profession. I mean, there's been, um, you know, New York, Chicago, and L.A., the biggest districts in the country, um, all of them changed superintendents this year. And, you know, there's there's a lot of turnover at that top level, generally speaking, but this has been uh, something like people have ever seen. As a parent, I can tell you that the, the stress and the uh, the uncertainty is really high, right? It's, it's troubling. I, I don't know if one of my daughters is going to come home and tell me that, you know, her classroom is shut down because there's been COVID exposure. I look out for emails every single day, and we've gotten a few so far from uh, one of my daughter's schools, the one in middle school, um, but they're always sort of the uh, the general, someone has walked through the building that has COVID, uh, but you, if you had any sort of close uh, contact or if you need to be uh, alert about any possible exposure, we'll identify you and we'll contact you separately. So I've never gotten any of those additional emails, but it's mm-hmm. made things pretty tough. It really has. And, you know, the learning interruption that the and, the, you know, I think what parents really tell me that that really hits home is and, and I feel this myself is not being able to rely on the school. You know, the way that we we always kind of took our schools, our public schools in some ways, perhaps for granted, they were always there 180 days a year. They were warm lighted places with food for kids and caring adults. And just the, no, the notion that that can get taken away in a moment's notice, it hurts that. I mean, that, that really hurts. It hurts communities, I think. And that's that's what I'm hearing from parents. What about the students? What have you been hearing from them? Because they are the ones that are living this awful reality. They're wearing masks for so many hours at a time in school, really just kind of pulling them down to have lunch in the cafeteria uh, and and Mm -hmm. sometimes being pushed to remote learning. What are they saying? So, you know, I mean, you know how kids are. Like, they're really happy to be back in school. That's a huge thing that I, I hear. I was able for my for the first time um, to be back on a campus recently. And, you know, the kids, it, it was an adjustment period. A lot of times they said, you know, I was, I had really shut down. I spent so much time on my couch and this is a big difference. Just be figuring out how to be in a school. Uh, I heard from an assistant principal that um, they had kids skipping class, just hiding in the bathroom. They weren't even going off campus. They just were like, I can't, I don't know how to be in a room anymore with other people. Um, wow. I know that at my daughter's schools, yeah, I know. And it's, I mean, this is an adjustment period. I think that people are, they were happy to be back in the classroom this semester. That's that's a big thing that I heard for, for the most part. Yeah. Um, but, but the adjustment is real. Well, how were they doing with masking from what you saw? <laughs> masking is the bane of the existence of teachers and students. I mean, you know, the the compliance is there because, you know, kids understand um, the need for it as far as safety goes. But, you know, they write the masks ride down under noses. That's what happens all day long. Mm -hmm. And and teachers telling parents, you know, telling kids to pull it back up with the little kids, the masks get dirty, they get messy. Um, You know, it's just become teachers and, and parents have enough to deal with. And this is a whole other issue that's really it interferes with learning It interferes with learning letters and sounds. Um, so it's something that's really um, become obviously dragged on much longer than anyone expected. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with NPR education correspondent Anya Kamenetz. And we're talking about schools and COVID-19. Of course, millions of K-12 through students, they are set to head back into the classroom in just a few days. And it's happening just as we're seeing what will likely end up being the biggest surge so far in the pandemic. Coming up on the program, we're going to revisit a conversation about the effect that student loans can have on people's lives. So stay tuned for that conversation as well.
Uh, Anya, in Chicago, we know that some of the kids really just haven't shown up for school at all during the pandemic. So there's learning loss, but there's also the loss of actual kids who are just not getting an education. Are we seeing that around the country? We are. We covered this, and we 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 found that particularly in larger districts, but in in most of the districts that we looked at, enrollments down for a second straight year, and that's really troublesome because last year everyone said, okay, these are the kindergartner students that are staying out, and they'll just come back next year. But we haven't seen that rebound, and I think um, the, the the concern is really um, high. Wow, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm nervous about sending the kids back in person on Monday. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it's the right thing to do right now. I do, as a parent, enjoy the fact that they get to go out and do something every day. Um, and, and I've, of course, instilled in my two, because that's all I can do, all I have control over, you know, the, the importance of being safe while they're in class. Yeah. But I know that many districts are, are going remote starting in 2022. Are, are we seeing a lot of that around the country? You know, it's an interesting time, Sasha, because I think compared to earlier in the pandemic, there's so much more determination from the president on down to try to keep the schools open. Um, And so, you know, those that are going remote may be going for a few days remote, um, but they're really trying to to keep a handle on things with with much more testing. I mean, we have tools that we didn't have earlier in the pandemic. We have vaccines and we have tests. Um, And and maybe the, the tests are not, you know, as as widely available or as um, abundant as we'd like them to be. But these are really going to be the tools. I think I just took my, my girls to the doctor, actually, their pediatrician for a well visit. And he mm-hmm. said, um, this is the beginning of what it's going to look like, which is, you know what, you got a little case of COVID. It's going to be okay. Once you get the vaccines and it's predominantly, predominantly um, mild cases, thank goodness, in children, we're going to mm-hmm. look at this disease a whole different way in the years to come. Well, Anya, I'm I'm glad you brought up testing because if you're a CPS parent, for instance, you've definitely been sent a ton of messages in the last few days. I've been getting texts. I've been getting emails. They're encouraging, but they're not requiring that we take our students to get COVID tests before sending them back to school next Monday. I've also heard of some independent schools locally who are requiring a test before kids return next week. How are districts around the country handling this testing thing? So we're hearing about governors, Connecticut, New York, sending millions of tests to schools. The issue with testing is if you, you know, if you're on a movie set or you're on a business that needs to stay open, they're testing everybody twice a week. That's that's how it works. That's how you keep a, a place COVID free. And so a million tests is not enough. I mean, we've got, you know, how many kids do you have in Chicago? 750,000? 600,000? Um, so, you know, you need to test every every week, twice a week. That's how you keep COVID out of schools. Um, and so it's going to take a lot more. And I think um, that's really the, the policy issue that we're all kind of trying to wrap our head around. One test coming into school is nice, but that, that tells you that the kids are not contagious that day. Right. doesn't tell you much beyond that. Um, yeah. It's easy to focus on the, the uncertainty, though, and, and the, the stress of this all. But you also wrote this week, Anya, about a program that's helping some kids to succeed despite the challenges of the pandemic. Can you tell us more about it? Yes, absolutely. So um, this was a a district, a large district in north central North Carolina called Guilford County. And they had started the Learning Hubs program, which 
we saw, you know, in districts around the country during the pandemic, this is a place where students could come in um, and, and catch up in person, um, you know, while learning, learning on the computer. Um, and so they've extended this learning hub idea into the school year, and they have it at all the high schools. They meet after school every day from 4.30 to 6, sometimes even on the weekends. And they've got teachers, classroom teachers in there. They've got counselors in there. And when I visited Sasha, it was just like a really relaxed, friendly feeling. The kids could move around from table to table. They're getting help. Some students showed up who are, you know, international baccalaureate, straight-A students. They're coming to help their friends and actually just, just help out and talk. And it was a way that people could stay on track and rediscover that hope because yeah. what we heard from the assistant principal was, you know, a lot of kids – they're having trouble adjusting. They get that first quarter grade and they feel like it's a black mark. They're never going to catch up and they start disengaging, backpedaling, stop climbing to school so much, stop turning in work. And the hubs mm. are a place where you can rediscover that, yeah, I can do this and I can succeed. Well, as we move ahead here, Anya, briefly tell us what you're going to have your eye on. Um, I am definitely going to be looking at how schools try to respond um, to these COVID um, you know, the new COVID cases getting through this wave. And then beyond that, you know, I think we're going to see new vaccine mandates. We're going to see a widening debate over mask wearing. Um, and then obviously the real question is, how do we catch our kids up? Are there innovations like the learning hubs that can allow kids to reclaim their love of learning and success and feel like school is a place of belonging? We've been speaking with Anya Kamenetz, NPR education correspondent and author of the book, The Art of Screen Time, How Your Family Can Balance Digital Media in Real Life. Anya, thanks so much.